I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and First Nation people of the land on which this podcast has been recorded. For me in Melbourne, Nam, Australia, it's the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and communities and pay my respect to their culture, elders, past, present and emerging. Hey gorgeous, are you ready to turn on the light switch of your soul and live an authentic, radiant and unapologetically pleasure-filled life? I'm Penny Vandersloos, I'm a pleasure activist and adventurer, feminine empowerment coach and a conscious creatrix and connector. I'm also a wife and mother of two teens and host of this podcast, Turned On, Wild, Free and Sexy in Your Midlife. Hello and welcome, Womanjika, to episode seven. Today we're talking about intimacy and sensual play. And today I'm really excited that I have here with me Helen Z. She helps men and women improve their intimacy and relationships through unlocking the pleasure dome that lives within. She's your answer when you're ready to be seen and heard as a whole person eliminate past conditioning and deepen the intimacy with yourself and significant others. She holds qualifications and experience as a certified Tantra practitioner, fertility and menstrual health practitioner. She's also a fitness and yoga professional and holds a Bachelor of Science. She brings all heart and presence to her clients and helps them transition through life's inquiries. Welcome, Helen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Penny. It's an absolute delight to be here speaking with you and also reaching and connecting with uh, your audience, your people. So thank you for having me on. So blessed. Thank you. So today, Helen and I are talking about intimacy and sensual play. Helen, um, I went to your workshop at the Seven Sisters Festival last year. And for those of you that aren't aware, it's a festival that's on a country property and Australia had been in this crazy weather storm and it had been raining for weeks beforehand. It was completely muddy and Helen's session was on the first night. It was dark. We'd all just kind of dealt with getting there through the rain and the mud and we turned up in this muddy tent mm. to talk about and experience sensual play. And what was so beautiful was even though we didn't know each other and even though it was cold and wet and uncomfortable, it was just the most incredible experience of connecting in with ourselves and this part of our lives. So I wanted to have Helen here to, to explore this a bit more. And, yeah, how does she do that? How how can we do that? How can we tap into our intimacy and our sensuality regardless of the situation we're in and our circumstances? So, mm. Oh, my goodness, taking me way back there. It's incredible. Um, uh, and I feel that these are the magic moments in life is that when we can turn well, the phrase that we that many people know is no mud, no lotus. And what that basically means is that we see a lotus flower and we love the lotus flower and the colours and we just think it's absolutely beautiful and breathtaking. And when we go underneath the surface and we find out where it gets its nourishment, nourishment from, it is literally in the muddy depths of that pond or that lake or that waterway. And... Uh, seven sisters that night certainly did represent no mud, no lotus. Um, you know, it was professionally challenging to start off that night, Penny, because oh a lot of people had been bogged and the line was like six hours to get in. And I was straight after the opening ceremony, which didn't take place because people were triaging situations. And so we're in this very dark tent and uh, squishy, literally squelching feet. Yeah. 
And it was the very first time in my life I can say that I ran a central play pleasure workshop in gumboots. Yes. <laughs> and uh, as you rightfully said, it's like how can we tap into being uh, accessing the sensuality and accessing that that lives inside of us and bring that to the forefront when we need to and when we want to, when we choose to. And it does take practice. It takes practice to um, polish up the diamond, uh, practices and awareness through uh, sensual body work and embodiment work to be able to get to this point. And so this is what I'd like to share with you today as being part of the pleasure dome is we don't always need to be at the top peaking and think that when you're not feeling pleasure sensations like energy running through your body or feeling juicy and that sense of state of arousal, it means that you're not in a pleasure state because you can be. So we're we're in the different parts of the dome and it's like we've got choices, but it's also acknowledging where we're at and not feeling like if I'm here, I've I've collapsed, forget it. It's done and I'm not going to be able to get here again unless I swipe left or swipe right or need new lingerie or, or um, you know, needing to um, force it on for ourselves. Yeah. Well, that's probably a good segue. Could we talk to what turned on means for you and the work you're doing? Because you know, I've explained it being sort of your soul's turned on, but specifically I think in this conversation it's much more around your sensual turn on, but mm. equally how do you turn on intimacy when maybe you've lost that or you haven't ever experienced it or you're not sure, like we said, because of the circumstances you're in? Yeah. Um, it's a practice called noticing an inner alchemy. And what I mean by that is, and I'll close my eyes every now and again because it is an intuitive process. So it doesn't matter that I've been doing this for 10 years. Part of it is also dropping in and down for me to access what's going on and then be able to represent that. So I am a feeling kinesthetic person. Um, so when the noticing is like sitting back, like that night for me, it was freezing cold. I had to over talk. Um, there was, the acoustics weren't right in the room and I was literally feeling like I had to yell to try and get my voice across and my vocal cords were, were starting to really hurt. And then there came a moment when I had, I think there was um, 70 women in that tent, which was extraordinary. Um, and then I had that moment where I just went, no, we're not going to be sitting on plastic bucket chairs, but I'm asking for your trust. So notice what's going on. It's cold. It's wet. We're all here. Uh, I normally wouldn't use chairs, but we don't want to be on the floor. So I'm asking for your trust. So then there was a level of permission, which is really, really important. In the noticing of myself, I got the women to also notice what was happening for themselves. Yes, it's bitter cold. Yes, it's dark. We're going to dance. We're going to move. So it's also giving a framework about what is about to happen next. Now with the inner alchemy, it's if you notice, like say there's a tight feeling in my upper part of my diaphragm. Now, when you know your body from the inside and you know the nuances, that term is called introceptive. Like you, you kind of know that this and this leads to this. So it's like the internal workings of your body. And so in that noticing, I might say, and so this is a practice for all of us, yeah, that I also give my uh, clients in body work sessions. So it would be, well, what are you noticing? Okay, I'm noticing um, a tight diaphragm. Okay, so what color is it? What size is it? What texture is it? So we're giving it form that means that we are not that tight solar plexus. We are not identifying with that whole feeling and backlog of emotions that may be stemming back decades. And so when we just 
hark at, hear, and we're noticing. And then we acknowledge. So it's like, this is what I'm acknowledging. And then we'll lean in. So you never go well into that feeling, but you lean in. And I use an analogy of a swimming pool. It's like if this feeling or this situation is in the swimming pool and you're on the edge, you're assessing. You're not just going to jump in and dive in without knowing because you might fall under the undercurrent. So when we're on that pool edge and we're assessing, it's like we're asking, well, what would it need? It might just need a branch. It might just need um, a plastic boy to, uh, you know, B-U-O-Y, to drop it in and then bring it closer to the surface. And then there's that integration part. And then we ask, how is that feeling now? And it's like I'm feel it feels expanded. It feels like that tension is not there anymore, that that grey steel ball wool is not there anymore. And so part of that process, as you were sharing, Penny, and I'm hoping this example is a good example for our, for our listeners, is when we're able to find that soul alchemy, that inner alchemy, and we separate slightly, we're able to actually experience more sensations in the body as opposed to being being flooded with the over-identification of the body. And we might say, what has this got to do with pleasure? Absolutely everything. Because when we can't identify and give ourselves a little bit of space in the body, the body feels like it's like compounded and constricted. And when it's constricted, it's like me trying to wash my hand with my fist closed and the water's trying to go through and it cannot. It, I will not be able to wash the palm of my hand. So when I'm able to open out slightly and then I'm able to have that noticing, then I'm able to open, then I'm able to feel that. So I'm not constricted, but I have an avenue of expanding. Mm. So, I hope that helps. I'm hearing like energy is allowed to flow and there's an openness. So um, I guess even in listening to this, if you had experiences to to listen with an open mind and and not dismiss the fact that that hasn't worked for me in the past or I don't believe that, that's not true for me. But, yeah, listen for this conversation about maybe there's a new interpretation or a new way you could look at something that will open up and allow like the flow of energy. <laughs> and the, yeah. To be turned on, Penny, we also need to be tuned in. And when we are tuned in, we know our radio frequency. We're tuning in like old school AM, FM. When we're able to tune in, we're able to actually dial up and be turned on and listening and appropriating what feels good for us and to be able to have that language verbal and non-verbal communication to articulate that to a partner to to um a giving and receiving practice um so that being tuned in for yourself and these are part of the practices leads to us being turned on knowing how to activate a pleasurable response and and responding to the sensations in our body. Mm. Yeah. You've highlighted how important it is that we get to know and understand and listen to our body and the introspection and all that sort of thing is really important. And we talked about it earlier that intimacy is another way of writing it or saying it is into me, I see. And so that's a good reminder that if you want to access it, you really do need to get to know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll find, because our audience speaking here today, uh, midlife transitioning in all different stages, I also know through the clients that I work with and myself as well, I'm now menopausal. I've been menopausal for a couple of years. So um I know what it takes to facilitate a transitionary phase of life and no mud, no lotus. You know, sometimes we're in the muddy, muddy parts. And I remember when we were having a conversation prior to 
knowing that we were going to have a discussion today, I was sharing about how our hormones, not just our past experiences and the fantasies that we may have in our mind, but we're also uh, constantly being shape-shifted by our hormones. And where um, through the transition going into menopause, estrogen normally drops. So we find women that would have had bigger breasts or bigger lips and bigger labia slowly, slowly no longer have the labia as big as they used to have and it's just like well what's happened and this is where I hear through my you know when clients first come to me it's like I feel dry I feel like I'm literally shriveling up and that's no word of a lie like these are these are descriptors about feeling shriveled feeling dry even through the labia or through the breasts etc and it feels like a loss, but how can we also sit with that, not just discount it, but how can we sit with that and work through that alchemy process? Because on the other side of that, and even during that, we can find and access the pleasure dome of our body that is there for that stage of life. You know, because some of my clients are in their 70s, and they've got extraordinary sex lives and they are wet and juicy. <laughs> so it is possible, I can promise you. Yeah, that's what we definitely want to leave your listeners with. <laughs> this is a possibility. We're not sort of trying to tempt you with something that's out of your reach at in by any stretch of the minute. Maybe so, yeah, we it's time for us to talk about the pleasure dome and how do we access it regardless of where we're at on our own individual journey. So yeah. yeah, give us a bit more of an outline of what that looks like or where yeah. we can start. I'd love to. And also if we're open to a practice as well, because ideally um, uh, it's experiential. So it's not just heady. It's not just me talking at you. Uh, I love being integrative and I love uh, for, for people to walk away with experiences that they can, um, you know, try on at home. Um, yeah, and empower you that way. So in, in our uh, Tantra world and in our sexuality, sensuality world, we talk about the three sacred keys of breath, sound and movement. And it's not just for having orgasms. Like right now, you and I are going through breath, sound and movement. I am breathing, my face is moving and I'm making sound. So I am alive. That means that I have got my life force moving through my body. Our pleasure moves on the life force channel. It is not separate. We don't have to plug in with a different phone or into a different socket. It literally runs through our body. So breath, sound, and movement. So when we start becoming more pleasurable, we'll find that the breath rate changes. It's more of a... We find that the, the throat starts to open because it relaxes the back of the head. We, the jaw starts to open and relax because we don't want, you know, the body doesn't want us to have a tight jaw. So the breath then starts to come in and out because we're wanting more oxygen to come into the body to engorge the labia, to engorge the reproductive space, to engorge the breasts. So the body knows what it's doing. It's physiological. With sound, as we're making sound and we make those sounds that are that are pleasing to the ears, we're able to drop into the pleasure dome. If we had a jackhammer happening next door and we're trying to get on our sexy, no. it's a little bit like disjointed, right? Whereas when we've got the ambiance of music or we're hearing ourselves or our partner making these oohs and ahs, these are the same sounds that our brain registers, whether it's coming from us or whether it's coming from a partner or a group full of people in a Tantra workshop, okay? So the brain, when we make no noise, and there are a lot of uh, people that will say, I actually... Mm. associated with noise too, like potentially yeah. young, I was like, Shh, don't tell anyone or someone might... Absolutely. Yeah, or feeling like they're too much. 
feeling like too loud. Someone might energy, have been told yeah, or being told even by partners to shush up, shut up, because a partner might feel uncomfortable in listening to the moans. And so my client has been um, doused literally like she's walking around like she's had a pillow over her face, a proverbial pillow over her, her face. But when we hear our own sound, so even if we are in our own sensual pleasure, the brain does not recognise that our sounds are coming from ourselves as opposed to somebody else. So this is where self-talk is really, really important. And also looking in the mirror because that's the way that the brain also says. It's like it's not Helen looking in the mirror. It's this um, affirmation that's coming through, registering in the brain new neural pathways, yeah? So we're talking about the neurobiology of, of sexuality here. And then we've got movement. So when we're able to move, we're able to move that energy through the body because if we're like got the breath happening and we might have sound but then we're just like pinned here, pinned down and we feel like we have to squeeze the buttocks together, bring the thighs in together so we can squeeze one out in a few seconds, then that movement isn't there. We're actually having a different um, quality of orgasm and a pleasure experience as opposed to uh, the type of pleasure in the body which feels like it's a sonic wave and it feels like we're plateauing and then there's woof and here's another access that's taking place. And so when we're able to use movement, sound and breath, there is more availability in the body to occupy those spaces that we've created for ourselves. So that's that are core principles to, to the pleasure dome. The other thing that I suggest is uh, in your bedside table to have a little sensuality toolkit. And so in that, what I create for my clients um, is, say, a crystal where you can put it on your skin and it's cold, uh, a silk scarf, um, a scourer, so just getting a bathroom scourer, having a dried one, and just go to certain parts of your body and scour, and so it's dry, but then you get a silk scarf and then you create different sensations. And so the benefit of being able to bring different textures and felt sensations to the body is the nervous system just like you know curly hair it starts to unravel and so as it's starting to unravel it's actually getting more into the ends of the skin and so then the skin sends the biofeedback to the brain and going ah there is sensation here in the body that I am that um is running through me yeah. So this is like a wake up sort of experience. Like, yeah, you're essentially waking up your body. Mm-hmm. So cold experiences when we go into a, a cold swimming pool or something, yeah. we'll notice everything starts to wake up. Yeah, exactly. And so for for clients that have, that, that you know, they come and say, I'm numb, I, I have sex and I cannot feel anything inside my vagina. I cannot feel anything. Um, and even when we start doing the body work, I'll go into touch sensation and it might be, are you feeling anything between the arm in the middle of the chest? So we're just working on this area and they know I've got my hand on their body, but the sensation is not getting registered to the brain that I might be lightly scratching or I might be doing feathery touch. And so there is this, there, there's an opportunity that, that then we work into processes of thawing out. So it's more like a thawing out, yeah? So then the body starts to trust those experiences and you're able to then run more of the currency of your experience um, through your body and make that safe because it's, it's very difficult to have full pleasure when you are not feeling safe, yeah? not saying that it can't happen that's another conversation in the neurobiology um but it is a lot more difficult when chronically 
um, we're in that freeze response, which is why I talk about these somatic practices, which are a thawing out response. The other thing that I'd like to share is we'll do a practice of magnetic hands. And so irrespective of people not being able to feel more of their body, this is a practice which um, is very close to the surface. So it's a beautiful one to start off with. And so I'll ask for your trust and we're going to leave our clothes on and we're just going to use our hands. <laughs> so if someone was driving or walking, what are their options here to pause and come Play back? back later? Exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just going to. This is an invitation um, and recognizing, I think you've just described perfectly that these little baby steps, this isn't sort of a, the, the switch of turning on your intimacy isn't just one little movement and it's all, um, everything's electric and alive. Yeah. So this is, yeah. A beautiful introduction. So yeah. thank you. I'm looking yeah, at you. you're welcome. So with magnetic hands is we're just going to rub our hands together and we're going to build some heat and friction. So we're going to go pretty fast. So I will even use this for myself when I'm doing body work on a client because then I'm registering the frequency of energy between my hand and their body. And that gives biofeedback to my body so I can work intuitively. And then we're going to shake our hands. And I also use this practice uh, for people uh, when they're um, uh, going to be doing bodywork sessions and practices on partners and start to bring the hands together, but without touching and just have soft fingers. So if we have the fingers hard, and can you feel anything in your hands, Penny? Yeah, it's sort of like a warmth. Warmth, yeah. Tingles. There could be like tingles and definitely feeling like there's pulsations happening in the hands, yeah. And so then as soon as one hand touches another hand and then you pull that apart, you've just earthed that electromagnetic field and then we start again, yeah. So... When, so this is kind of like the being tuned in and turned on, yeah? So we're tuning in and we're literally activating the electromagnetic field in our auric field. So what we're feeling between the two hands, we can actually also feel inside our body. It's one and the same. Because when we start building on that pleasure dome, this electromagnetic or that mag magnetism that you explained, the tingling, the, the, um, that moving of energy, we feel that in the body as well. And so then we're curious. It's, oh, where's it going? It's not just going from the vagina or the clitoris straight up into the back of the eyes and shooting out into the cosmos. Yeah. <laughs> And it will do that, but we can then say, oh, wow, when I'm feeling that response in my hand or in my elbow or in my lower back, let's identify that as being part of the pleasure dome. Then all of a sudden we've opened up the buffet of what our experience is. Yeah. So that's magnetic hands. So I'm, yeah, I'm also hearing, which is a great point to make, that it's not just your erogenous zones or your sexual organs that we're talking about that you can experience pleasure and you can engage through sound and movement and yeah breath work well you make a really good point and so pleasure is not just sex and rubbing up for sexual satisfaction like i'll, I'll another thing that i share when i when i'm um, talking at events is um, I'll, I'll get people to to say, um, and I actually did this in the tent as well. I'm pretty sure that I did this practice in the tent when we were sharing with each other and having um, building on trust and intimate connection before we took the practices further because there were 70 people in that tent and a lot of you didn't know each other and people were having beautiful intimate little encounters that weren't sex-based. They were deeply soulful, connected and lush and beautiful, yeah? And so when we talk about pleasure, and we, I'll, I'll just say, let's do an inventory. How often, what gives you pleasure? 
what gives you pleasure? And it might be a gelato ice cream. It might be having, um, oh. A hug. Yeah, a hug, yeah. Uh, And it might be patting my pet. And another thing that gives me pleasure is, is it might be just stirring up the earth and I can actually just smell the earth. So then I'll ask the question, well, how often do you experience pleasure in the week? And hardly at all. It's like, okay, so how often now can we go out and introduce these things that give you pleasure? So they're not just coming from an intimate encounter. We're not just relying on something that's going to happen outside of ourselves to experience pleasure. And that also means that, especially with uh, our listeners who are in their midlife point, we might still be raising teenage children or adult children that are still at home and we've still got our relationship or we might be single mums now and having careers and things just feel like, I'm not getting pleasure and then it's like and I'm not getting it from anywhere and I'm just too tired to even access it myself. And so when we do go out dancing or we do go out to a conscious event, we might walk away and feel like, well, that didn't do anything for me because we're waiting for something external of ourselves. So we want to looking for someone else to make connection for us. So it needs to be an inside job. It really needs to be an inside job. And that doesn't necessarily mean internal either. Got it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Penny, uh, you know, we were speaking about um, um, the event that I had at the tent, you know, in the muddy boots and started off on chairs. And then we started building on trust uh, and eye gazing and asking for what you want and giving what a person wanted with consensual um, forms that were in place. And then there came a moment where we were doing, I remember um, the room being in two and having like the magnetic hands that we did, but having women closer together and then having another group of people that were walking around and feeling in and amongst that space and what ended up being created there was this energetic pocket of people coming together and so then when we had the practices that went a little bit deeper there were those connections with other people in the room and I remember you saying that you had a soulful encounter and so did you want to just talk to that as yeah, well, I, I think we've we've explained it was cold, so there was lots of clothing that we were wearing, and it was dark. But I think the invitation is through, um, like you said, creating trust and and boundaries through asking and making clear that you have permission to say no or request what you want and those sorts of exchanges. We don't get taught this stuff, which was another thing we wanted to talk about. This is. If this is new to you or not familiar, it's because we haven't been given this guidance and it is something that you can learn. But, yes, Mm. through your beautiful experience, and I think because I'm very open to and inviting these types of experiences too, so that's part of it. I think someone else may have been in the same room and not got the same sensual experience that I did. That's why it's called the pleasure dome because it's... It is real for you in that moment and being able to tap into that and notice and acknowledge, then that's where the intimacy is because when you get to see and experience yourself and then you're able to relate that to other, then that that breadth of communication, verbal and nonverbal, um there's a deepening in that yeah I think I found um I'd gone through a barrier potentially that I'd learned that to be intimate with a woman was 
not necessarily dangerous, but only you only do that when you have a relationship that you know them somehow through friendship or you choose to explore that together. Whereas this was a an opportunity to do it with a stranger and, mm. and really play with it. That's that can feel beautiful, that can feel safe. Mm. And I think that's what we're talking about, sensual play. These are invitations to explore and see what your boundaries are and the opportunity too was that I didn't necessarily, I knew I was probably never going to see that person again. That was something new for me as well, um, but very beautiful. So, yeah, I loved what that opened up for me as well. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Maybe we could talk to sensual play. Like what does I that was mean? about to say, absolutely, let's, that's another So segment. people listening might be thinking, what was Penny doing? <laughs> What was Penny doing? <laughs> it was dark in that room. <laughs> and I was fully clothed. Open <laughs> fully clothed, with boots on, absolutely. Um, sensual play. What that is is being curious and it's just like seeing, taking ourselves back to a childlike state and the innocence uh, of of leaning into that curiosity and, and going, well, what is here? So when you were looking at that woman or we're doing practices in, in a workshop space or a retreat space, we don't label that practice that we're doing as it's going to be sexual because it's not. There is a human being that is in front of you and just like you are a human being in front of somebody else and you don't want every single person that you meet to look at you like you are a sexual being. You want to be looked at in who you are through the soul eyes of who you are. And so that's that reciprocity. So when we lean into that sensual play, we're leaning into the building up of trust and vulnerability, of knowing that we can have the verbal and the nonverbal communication and as the energy starts running through our body, we're also noticing what is happening for that other person. So central play works really well when we just do not have the eyes closed because that's, a, that's also a check out. It's nice to have your eyes softly open to have that reciprocity and that dance. So then you're noticing what's happening in your body, but you're also responding to what is happening in another person's body. So that biofeedback is dancing between the two of you. When you're able to feel like that is safe territory, you're able to drop into that vulnerability and there are beautiful unexplored pockets in your body, in your being, in your organs, in your tissues that then start to come up to meet that new found space or that new found sensation. That's that curiosity. And then the dance continues. <clears throat> pleasure <clears throat> and central play is a vehicle for pleasure. And that doesn't just dominate like that. It's something that is a learned behavior. Yeah. So the more that we can be with it in the different nuances, the, the more of a bandwidth that we're going to be able to access. Yeah. So it's not just one or two radio stations and frequencies, but many more to that. So where I shared earlier about having a sensuality toolkit by your bedside table, uh, also practices like asking for what you want uh, and sharing that with your partner or with a friend um, or even asking yourself in the mirror if you are going to be doing a solo practice. It might be, and I'll look directly into the mirror, but I'll have here into the screen, I'll have soft eyes. I might be looking at myself and just asking, dropping in, so I'm not so heady, I'm not coming from throat, but I'm just feel like I'm dropping into the, my seat. I can actually feel my buttocks on the chair. If I'm on the basin, I might feel my cold hands on the vanity. And then I'll just lean in and say, what is it that you need right now? And I'll just wait. And then the first thing might be nothing, nothing. And I'm like, hmm, okay. 
and just keep looking. And what is it that you might need right now? And it might be, oh, um, I like that I'm just licking my lips. It's like, okay. And so, because it's true in that moment. It's true in every moment. And it's like, and what might you need right now? I actually want to touch my face. Okay, so how would that feel? And so I'll go and touch my face. And I'll look in and go, that actually feels really nice right now. And then I might wait for a while and say, what do you need right now? What may you need next? And it might be, it might be my hair. Actually, I'm really liking the way my hair feels right now. And so then we start from that perspective. And so I didn't put this on right now, but I've even noticing that my voice has dropped, my sentences have slowed down, my mind doesn't feel so racy, and it feels like I've got a bigger reservoir in my body that I'm occupying than before I started, before I did that practice. That's a beautiful invitation and something we can all do with the mirror. <laughs> Thank you. What was some other sort of sensual play um, experiences that people might be able to explore in their own time or yeah. try out? Textures are good, like I said, like going from a scourer to a silk scarf, uh, having a straw and even just licking your skin and then just blowing the straw over your skin or a partner's skin is also nice and inviting. Uh, scarf play is beautiful. Um, having a, a long scarf and just even draping it over your whole body and then just with little kitty paws. So say I've got my whole body draped in a um a see-through scarf and then I just take my hand so if you're listening to this I'll try and explain it but if you're seeing it you can see it just taking my hands like little kitty paws and just starting to scrunch part of that material so it starts to unveil like there is a very very slow unveiling of what we are doing here and that feels like your skin has been dropped in soda water. Like there is an opening and a shh. When I am working with people one-on-one, -on -one, I teach scarf play. So I teach different ways that you can even use a scarf on your body and also on a partner's body. So in a giving and receiving practice. Mm. Cause that's what I'm hearing. The opportunity we all have is to do it with ourselves and, learn because that's one of the things is sometimes we don't know what we like and if at least we experience it ourselves we can ask for it in a partnership or we can you know uh, yeah use it knowing what it feels like on someone else and and that sort of thing but what mm. about for people who might like to introduce this to a partnership and maybe someone's not so open to it or thinks what's this silliness like why are we or oh, reach out <laughs> I'm giving free discovery calls call me <laughs> call me and we can have a chat um well that's a good suggestion definitely <laughs> yeah uh it's like oh my gosh I, I can I can help it's like no I want to triage this so I can you know people can have um the experiences that they want that they want to have um, but in all honesty, say I would have a conversation uh, with the person where uh, one partner was less willing than the other, we, we start to realise where the gap is. So is it the vulnerability gap? Is it because they're too vulnerable? Is it past history and experiences, childhood upbringings, um, that are that are leading to that. Is it a change in libido? Is it a changing of hormones? I ask the questions like, was your sex life and your intimacy life like this all the time? Or is this just a phase that we're needing to go through and uh, mitigate? There might be stresses in the workplace. And so again, there's a matter of leaning in. And I have a process whereby... Um, it's a, it's like a what are you afraid of 
And when you have got a primary partner, check in often without it being, you didn't take the bins down, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. So it's like a date night, but you get to speak about the other parts that, the other bits that are stirring in you that <clears throat> you realise are ruminating thoughts, but you, you haven't fully expressed them, but they're being played out by either attack or withdrawal. So one partner might be actually attacking and just like being more forceful and the other one might feel like they're, they're, they're docile. So the magnetism is being pulled to polar ends. And so we want to try and then just lean in. And then the other one then will go, oh, okay, it's safe enough to lean in. It's like, oh, now it's let's lean in more. Oh, okay, now I'm able to have this conversation because my partner is actively listening and I'm not just going to be barraged for the six years of stuff that I haven't done. And so these are all the little nuances that take place. It's not as easy. It's not as easy as saying this is the golden, this is the golden pill for this particular situation. You know your partner and there's got to be, if what you've been doing in your efforts has not been working, then you're not tuning in and your partner's not responding. So it's not a him or her or a her and a her. It's like something new and different. There needs to be a new level playing field to be able to turn face-to-face, heart-to-heart and start interacting, which may not even be with words. It may be eye-gazing that leads to the soul, which might be like, oh, wow, my, my my partner is hurting right now. And then when that softness and that vulnerability is in, it becomes less about you don't want to have feather play with me and it's more about let's deal with what is here that will open up the space for the vulnerability, which opens up the space into me, I see, and into other I see, and then that opens up the space for pleasure, sensuality, sexuality. So I can imagine for some people this feels maybe a little overwhelming or like a lot of things that they're going to have to address before they can get to the pleasure dome, you know, being optimal, I guess. What would you say or how can we sort of highlight how worthwhile it is to take those steps, even though they might feel muddy and sticky and smelly and like maybe not that rewarding to begin with. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, there are people that won't take action um, and they're the, and I know that and we know that and, and it, it, and that's okay. But for those that, that feel like they want to, or they're in a sticking place, I find that when all the efforts to 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 be stuck in a place that you're stuck in overrides the effort to going into somewhere new, that's when people become really resourceful. They become really, really resourceful. And it's just about getting started. And what I want to say to that is, you know, the pleasure dome, if we think of the the shape of a dome which is down like a bell-shaped curve it goes up it goes down we as a human experience we navigate all of it because what goes down will come up it will go down again we're just not dead we're just not here we're not flatlining so it doesn't matter even if you are where you think right down the bottom doing things for yourself uh, having that gelati ice cream more often or just going to the playground and getting on a kid's swing and just swinging your feet for a little while, coming up with somatic practices to just be able to get in contact with yourself. Name those as being part of your pleasure dome. Yeah. It doesn't need to be just one way. We've got a whole spectrum. So when we're able to tap into that, we'll remind ourselves that we're actually taking steps forward. 
because ultimately you want to be able to feel yourself from the inside out and from the outside in. And then the extension of that is how we relate to primary people in our life. Mm. So it's getting started. Yeah. And I think I really resonate to going back to those childlike moments or the moments when you feel, because we were, we were free and expressed and encouraged to sensually play. There was sand pits and mud puddles and smelling things in the garden because you were outside way more than perhaps you are as an adult. So that's sort of the invitation too is to go back to those memories, those times that you do remember as being sensually attractive and go back there. And it is sensory play. It is sensory play. So even now in, say, aged care hostels, um, aged care facilities, they're, they're now fully recognising how important sensory play is for the elderly. And so they're doing that a lot more. And, because, and also right on the other side of the spectrum, even little children going through kindergarten or all these labels that we have now about um, ADHD and autism, et cetera, sensory play is becoming on the forefront because it gives a sensory experience and having a fuller experience of being in a human body. And, and this is what is available for us as well. So again, taking it back to our listeners, transitioning, hormones, um, pressures of life, uh, what is difficult for people in, in, in our age bracket is we may still be raising children, but we're also got aging parents and we really are the bit in the middle and we're having to have a career and st- and still trying to bring uh, an income into the household and social obligations. Like it really is, can be a cauldron of uber responsibility for many of us. And so how do we decompress? How do we charge ourselves or decharge I should say you know we we decharge so unplug to be able to charge over here because we are in in the middle of the consumerism dome where it's up to us to be able to pay the bigger amount of taxes and to be able to be those consumers in society and you know we're taking care of younger ones and we're taking care of older ones and we need to also take care of our primary relationship and ourselves and so all these things can feel like when we are in that state of our life that pleasure is the bloody last thing that I want to do it's just one other thing that I have to do yeah so I get that for a lot of our listeners I fully fully understand it and again, I say it's not about switching a button and you're at your favorite radio station. It's about old school tuning where you're actually playing with a frequency and eventually finding that radio station, becoming clear, concise. And then what's a bonus is you've got your favorite track that comes on and then you dance like no one's watching. And once you know it too, do you find that it's much easier to access? It's not like this is, This becomes a well-worn path that you, certainly my experience, it's, it's the access is much quicker because you have all these tools in your toolkit to draw on. So when it does feel muddy, there's a, a way out much quicker or like I did with your guidance, find it pretty quickly in a really cold tent in the mud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that one. It is skin deep, it's accessible, and it's trusting. You can trust it. Yeah. And perhaps one thing I've talked about and be interested in your view is women not feeling they deserve pleasure, I think is part of like a we need to attend to everyone else's needs first, like you said, for all those reasons of being a carer for elderly and and young people in our lives, breadwinners, all that sort of thing. But 
our worth it is worth it for those reasons we said it will give you access to pleasure which is a, a source of energy and a way through it's the source of just enjoying life more mm-hmm. and enjoying being present to your experiences mm-hmm. and being present to my experiences and it's very similar to if you stop going to the gym for a while and then you start training hard it's going to hurt mm-hmm. and you may not like it but when we can have, we, we can be on that simmer, when we can actually have that simmering um, and accessing that, as you said, it's 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 more accessible to, to um, any moment of our life. And, you know, we might be, it's funnily enough, prior to this I was in Centrelink because I'm having to take care of my elderly parents and had to put in some documentations for documentation for them and it can be quite a dry and sterile place but I sparked up an amazing conversation with the person that was helping me and it was like buoyancy and it's like with real joy it's like I turned around and looked at them in the eyes and said I really wish you had an awesome day today and I felt the bubble of joy in being able to say that Instead of feeling like I'm going into Centrelink, I'm going to be like a sheeple person and I have to be like this to, you know, um, to go yeah, on. That's weaving, weaving these moments and opportunities into even the driest, most unpleasant parts of our day. Yeah, it's like how can I feel better about, how can I, how can I feel, how can I bring some joy into this situation right now for myself? And it's like, okay, I'm just going to be joyous when I speak to this other person. And really coming from a place of in that little moment of just going, I really wish you have an awesome day today. And it's like, thank you. I wish you the same. And that's a little pleasure bubble that just burst. Mm. It's a little pleasure bubble that just burst. So it doesn't just need to be um hands down the pants or having to put you know music on and candles and having to the pressure of having to set up an environment to create an experience why doesn't the naturally these experiences in everyday life just bubble through and it's not saying that our shitty moments are going to be rainbow and lollipops not at all but having that human experience and that felt experience and um, knowing you can navigate it through that those muddy moments will also give you the lotus you know it's a contrast too isn't it yeah beautiful so I'd love to um, end on a piece of advice or some one thing that you wish all women in their midlife knew (laughs) or could take away or understand about themselves Mm. Is there anything that comes to mind? Mm. I can speak because my experience is being in a living body and say as long as we are living, we have got access to exponential pleasure sensuality irrespective of how old we are in life and um yeah we can whatever you want to call it orgasmic pleasure sensual sexuality it is life force it is life running through your veins and you have opportunities to to really sweeten that for yourself and yeah that's beautiful Mm. I reiterate that because I think why not? Why wouldn't you explore what's available and use all these different incredible senses you've been gifted with? And obviously they can come in different bodies and have different intensities and opportunities with that. But um, my oldest client in Tantra body work is an eight, was an 82-year-old male. And it was about sensual exploration because upbringing, couldn't access it. And he's like, I want to know what it actually feels like 
to have sensuality and pleasure running through my body. Actually, I have one last question. What about for someone who's got a relationship with their body that they don't love a part of their body or potentially it's not working in Mm. a way that it used to work, um, it's been disconnected somehow? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all of that. So that's all part of the somatic body work that I do. Uh, We go in and um, be able to, when I say go in, it doesn't mean physically like "Eh, surgery, like go in, (laughs) but it's like tuning in and tapping in and it's literally a nervous system response. The nervous system needs to be regulated to be able to trust, to be able to unfurl. So it's like an unfurling to come to the surface, to feel a relaxed state in the body, the digestive system to feel relaxed, to be able to actually have um, that area of the body waking up. Yeah, and it is possible as long as you are alive and living, these areas of the body can be reawakened or if we say if they're frozen, you know, like the freeze response, it's the thaw response. If it's the flight response, which is disassociation, it's coming back into the felt body. Um, It is if it's that fight response, it's, it's the calm response of the body. So all of that is possible. I mean, it's a really big question that you've asked. Um, all I can say is that, yes, it is absolutely possible. Low libidos, not being able to feel yourself um, fully or partially through the genital area, um, not being able to access uh, pleasure, uh, erectile dysfunction if we're speaking about men, but also, also vaginismus and, um, you know, the painful condition that women have where I remember working with a client where she couldn't even wipe herself with toilet paper. It was like it was sandpaper mm-hmm. and let alone having anything internal. And so we worked for a while on on um, restoring uh, nerval, nerve integrity back into her vulva and back into her vagina. And it wasn't anything that I did internally. It was all external on the body. Amazing. Um, yeah. So for people then who are curious, would like to learn more and contact you and connect with you and and potentially work with you, what are their options and how can they do that? Yeah, I've I've got a direct link to a discovery call with me. Uh, you, you fill out a form. So I ask for a bit of information. And what that does for me is I tune in before the phone call. So when we are together, I don't waste a lot of the time just going, well, tell me about this experience and this experience. And then it's like, <laughs> so... You walk away with tips and strategies, just like having a conversation here today. I shared magnetic hands. I shared sensuality toolkit. So you'll walk away with the framework that you could implement straight away, even if we don't speak ever again. Uh, But there is an opportunity for me to talk to you about working together and the pathway of what that would look like. Um, the kinds of things that I would recommend that we did together and whether you're in a relationship, how we would integrate that or if you're not, how we would work together um, for ourselves. And there's lots of tools and intuition that, um, that I bring to those sessions. So I would say hop on a, excuse me, hop on a discovery call with me. Um, I love helping people. I'm generous with time. I'm generous with information. I hope that um, listening today, you got to feel and experience that in my passion and my dharma for this level of service to our humankind. And I, I just look forward to meeting some of you. Amazing. And do tell us your website too and you're on social media. 
Yeah. I'll so leave the links. Baby. It'll be in the links. It's simple. It's helenz.com. I have information there on intimacy, coaching, on fertility, uh, coaching, as well as menstrual health. Um, because yeah, they're my main, they're my main areas of expertise that that I've honed into at this stage of my life now. So it's all about living a fuller life and accessing just accessing a satisfying life. And lastly, is it work that can be done on Zoom or do you need to be in person? It can be done on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners, don't you don't have to be in Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> Not have to be in Melbourne, Australia, no. Thank you so much for introducing us to the Pleasure Dome and intimacy and sensual play and sensory play and inviting us to explore that, be curious learn a bit more about ourselves through that mm-hmm. and accessing infinite pleasure for whatever stage of life we're in it's been a it's been a delight thank you and we'll look forward to your feedback whether it's directly through penny or through comments or via myself um i am open to having a conversation thank you yeah amazing yeah if you've found our conversation helpful and think someone you know might like it please share it with them and um, like it and review it so that others can benefit from Helen's wisdom and look forward to connecting with you soon head to my website pennyvandersloos.com to receive your 10 tips to turn on a free checklist of simple and effective suggestions that will energize activate and arouse you All you need to do is leave your details and they'll come whizzing into your inbox in your pleasure.